If I go to sit down, everyone say, don't do it. So I might be the end of the microphone. Right. Look at you all. Some of you are already looking like you're ready to nap, you little rascals. Now, I thought the young people were going to be in, so I was going to be all youthy and hip. Can you? Oh, the older ones, yes. The older ones, right. Um, I've had such fun getting today together. Such fun. And I've managed to forget my glasses. So, for those who really like it when I speak without notes, it's going to be similar. Peering. Okay. Um, just while people are kind of going back and forth, I just thought we'd, uh, we'd kind of look at some different bits and then get into the meat of things in a minute. I don't know how it's been for you, but I've found over the past six months there's been particular lines in particular songs that, that have kind of really been affecting me, and I wanted to see if they match things for you. There's been a lot of um, reference in songs to the tearing of the veil, the veil between us and God. I find when I hear that, it kind of... It kind of touches me. There's songs where we're talking about standing before God on the final day, on, being, on, on that whole thing of judgment, but being with him, singing with angels, all that kind of stuff, that's been kind of affecting me. I find myself um, affected. Or as we sometimes call it, doing a baden, in that sense, where you can't get your words out because you feel emotional and overcome. Even that song we did a couple of weeks ago, when it talks about... If the mountains bow down, so will I. I, kind of, I find that's kind of affecting me. It's something, I don't know, it's something about the, the present power and possibility of God that's kind of, I'm finding it, it it's touching in behind my brain. It's going further. Is anybody else having that experience? Just me and Neil. Good. Right. Let's see what you lot are going to be like today. Okay, good. Right. So... Let me see if the magic thing works. Oh, you're clicking, are you? No? 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 Right, okay. I'm not quite sure on the title. Might change it afterwards, so we'll see. We're going we're gonna to touch on Brexit, officially, in a sermon. But not Brexit, not Brexit the policy. We're going to look at Brexit the phenomenon. Kenyans, yes, we won't touch on any Kenyans, other than with the five-fold ministry, if they don't behave. Right, okay. Let's see. Right, click. Does it work? There we go. Oh, that's a bit dark. Right, okay. I heard this, um, I heard this quote um, this week, and I've just been chewing on it and can't get away from it, really. Um, deceptive ideas that play to disordered desires which are normalised in a sinful society. It's really struck by this whole idea that this is the enemy's strategy for distracting us. In the Garden of Eden... The serpent comes along and says, he doesn't do anything, he says some things. He says, did God really say that? Surely you won't really die. He just plants an idea. All he does is plant an idea and man falls. I think it's very powerful to realise the power of an idea, the power of a, a way of thinking. So what's it do? He plants his deceptive idea. It was a lie, yeah, deceptive idea. It played, it interacted with the wrong desires. Yeah, and I think it happens for us. It, it plays, it, it finds agreement with the wrong desires with us. And what's more, we live in a society 
that actually normalizes sinful behavior. To, to say to someone, or, or to encourage someone, not to do the thing they feel to do, is this society's view of sin. If Tanya says, right, I want to... I'm trying to think of something evil that Tanya could do. Graffiti a wall. Now, that could be good. Oh, okay. Okay, let's say she's graffiti a wall. Illegal, illegal thing. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking more kind of moral than illegal. I don't know. Let's say she wants to steal David's cakes. Let's go for that, right? David being her husband, her cakes, right? And she wants to take that cake. I want to have that cake for myself. I don't want to have, let my family have it. I'm going to take that cake, right? To even suggest to her that she should deny herself is, in this world's thinking, wrong. So you get those phrases, you do you. Yeah, you look after you. Put yourself at the centre. You've got to look after yourself first. Charity starts at home, right? We are in such a stage that to even suggest to deny yourself is crazy. You feel that, you do that. Yeah? Remember a number of weeks ago I talked on the three, the three tanks, the three kind of worlds within mankind. There's uh, one for freedom, one for community, and one for purpose. And our freedom well is so overflowing that we can't get full purpose and we can't get full community. See, I can't have total freedom and have relationship. I can't have total freedom and be married. You, you, have, you can't have the full thing and then get all the others. So we have, this, we have this whole problem here that our society is actually legitimizing our poor behavior. We see it, I know we come, come across it in parenting, that kind of thing, that, that actually parents don't like telling their kids no. It's a kind of weird way of doing the kind of, you know, don't do it because you won't want them to do it to you kind of thing. They don't like telling their kids no because they don't want anyone to tell them no. So you get this situation that the kids are unruly because the parents are unruly. I've got a friend of mine who worked for us for about, um, at Faith Action, about six months, he's gone to work somewhere else. And I said to him, I said, so are you managing people? He said, well, I'm managing teams. I said, right, what's that mean? He said, well, I get these teams of different experts, and I kind of, I have to, we have to get the thing done. And I said, all right, do, do, you have to, do they have to do what you say? He says, well, I kind of have to, you know, the, the technicians don't really want to do what the salespeople, and you have to kind of wheedle it all together. I thought, my goodness, they've got a system where they've legitimised rebellion. No one has to submit to anyone else. And there he's trying to kind of thread the different bits together, because he's got no authority. And everyone works remotely as well, so they all, you know, that's an interesting thing. You can't even clip around the head. Probably shouldn't do that. That's how we work in faith action, we give clip around the head. Right, deceptive ideas that play to disordered desires which are normalised in a sinful society. I underline normalise because I think that's what's normal. A sinful society is normal. So in that way, I'm kind of intrigued and maybe a little bit excited about an attack on the normal. I kind of want normal to, to break down. Because I don't think normal's working. And I think we do have a society that is legitimising sinfulness. So if you want to um, I've not actually got to the end of the sermon. I got uh, it's this chapter John Mark Comer. He's talking about the slavery of freedom. What a wonderful phrase, the slavery of freedom. Yeah, the fact that, sl that the pursuit of freedom is a kind of slavery in itself, to be enslaved to my desires.
It's a, a sermon from Bridgeport Church in, in uh, uh, Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Right, let me... That was just a brief introduction. I've not started yet. Okay, we'll come back to that. Oh, no, no, we'll do that now. Right, okay, I realised that I wanted to go over a lot of Scripture today, and I thought I can't possibly go over it uh, as we go through it, so I'm going to do, you know, like they do those surges when they were trying to sort out Iraq, they did a military surge, so I thought we'd surge with Scripture, and then you can put it in the back of your heads and, and recognise we'll use it at different points. So um, we'll run through these quickly. I found this great verse. I was reading Peter, First uh, Peter this week. It's interesting. Um, it kind of challenges some other thinking. If you want to kind of upset yourself a little bit, read First Peter. I've been upset all week, right? But it talked about, it said here, you've had enough time spent doing what godless people do. You've got to a place where you, you've, you've got to the end of doing it the world's way. Now it's time to do it a different way. I thought that was a good phrase. Um, here's the uh, whole story about the man who built his house on a rock. What happens with that? If we could break into song at this point. Good, good. So, so it says, build your house upon the rock, build your house upon the word of God. Yeah, listen to the word of God. But if you don't do that, you're like a man who built his hand, up, his, hand his, his house upon the... And merge those together. Right? Okay, it doesn't stand very well. So building our lives upon the word of God rather upon the sands of the world, is important, right? Psalm 23, we're going to spend some time in Psalm 23. It talks about passing through the valley of darkness, the valley of death, and feasting in the presence of our enemies. We're not going to spend much time on Psalm uh, 84, but I thought we might as well pick up on it. It's interesting, this whole thing about passing through these valleys. Valley of darkness in Psalm 23, pass through the valley of Baca, tears, mourning, depends what you want to look at there. But they make it a source of spring water. The fact that as we go through a death valley, that we can change it. It's not saying God changes it, it says that us with God changes it. It's an interesting concept, isn't it? I personally do not really want to go through valleys of tears, or mourning, or death. But maybe God sometimes calls us to go through those places so that we might bring spring waters. Not ordinary water, we're not talking, you know, Peckham water, Peckham Springs, those of you from... Only fools and horses days. We're not talking about that. We're talking about spring water, that fancy expensive stuff that you get at the Paisleys. Yeah? <laughs> not, in re- not in plastic bottles, of course. You'd get it in proper bottles because we're past plastic bottles now. Right? Psalm 24, lift up your heads. This was a particular uh, psalm that Julie Webster brought uh, when we were away at the leaders' weekend and talked about this whole thing about lifting our heads up, getting our heads, you know, our, our spine being strengthened to lift the heads up and things falling into a correct place. Psalm 46 has been particularly one that I've kept on coming back to, about God being with us in the storm. He's our refuge and strength, and we'll go into that a bit more. Psalm 30, I snuck this one in next week, so we didn't have to do it, uh, last week, sorry, so we didn't have to do it now. That whole thing about being uh, loosed, being set free of mourning, of sackcloth, and girdled instead with joy, strengthened, tied in. And then we've got uh, Jesus' commendation to us to be salt, light, a city on a hill, and to shine our good works. Then we see this whole thing about Jesus walking in the water. I think we're in a place where our society is bankrupt. 
Um, I read Robert Peston's book recently called WTF. I won't tell you what the letters mean. But he was talking about the crash and, and talking leading into Brexit and different things like that. It's very interesting, very heart-searching. And he's basically saying, so he's the uh, political commentator on ITV now. He was with the BBC. And he said, I had not realised that I am the enemy. I'm the liberal elite that the rest of the country doesn't like. I'm the one who's got it all together. But I went to a, a comprehensive and I grew up in North London. I mean, that's rough. Um, might be the Spurs fan or Arsenal fan. Not a Hammers fan. There you go. So he said... So he says, I didn't realise that it wasn't working out for everyone else. The country's not working. It's that people don't feel they've got stuff. They, they feel at the end of themselves. And so as I was talking to my friend, I was saying, do you think that there is a searching starting to happen? Because actually, to become an MP, there's only 650 of them. In there. It's a bit of an elite. It's not easy. You're at the top of your game. You've got it all in that sense. And yet she was so willing to turn to Jesus, because she, she wasn't getting that which her heart was longing for. And I think that's partly what we see there. I think, I think the waves of this world are exhausted, and I think more and more people are finding that. So in that sense, I think that normality is broken. It, it doesn't really matter, um, for the sake of today, which way you voted in the referendum. I know, I know there's all different kind of things that people, political people, uh, spiritual people saying there's this, that and the other. It really doesn't matter. If you see the referendum, which was a shock, I sat down with two friends, both uh, the next morning. They were sitting there. One had voted one way, one had voted the other way, both for the same reason. That's a fairly confused thing. They both wanted the same thing, so they voted different ways, right? I would have... I felt... Uh, you know, you might think they're a bit daft. I went out and bought the newspapers, which were printed before the result came through, so my newspapers were all wrong as well. So it was an interesting time. It was a shock because we didn't expect. The British people don't generally do radical things. We're relatively conservative with a small c, right? But in France, the two parties that always get to the runoff in the presidential election weren't even there. It was choice between Macron with his made-up party and the National Front. That's, that's a change happening. In, I mean, if you get obscure, some of the stuff going on Czechos Czechoslovakia doesn't exist, but some of the stuff going off in, in the Czech Republic, I mean, they've kind of made it up as they go along as well. We have President Trump. <laughs> it's crazy. But I think, and as you travel outside of London, if we were to accept that London's a, a kind of European city, once you get outside of London, it's a bit different, right? Firstly, do you know that you can fly a Union Jack outside of London and you're not instantly a racist? It's an interesting concept, isn't it? You could, and they don't like us outside of London. I mean, underlying, underlying that nice exterior, Sally Dixon, she's, she's ready to, you know... <laughs> Because there is a sense that the nation, the country, is not working for everyone. Interesting article in The Guardian this week was saying, why do those who are going to be most affected by Brexit, why do they vote for Brexit? And the assumption is they don't know any better. 
And the article was quite interesting. It says actually people do vote for things against their immediate well-being. So there is some reason why people would take a risk and do things against their better judgment, against their immediate well-being. So what I'm saying is I think we are in an interesting place where things are on the shift. And if you see it as Brexit, Trump, like nobody can get rid of Corbyn, he keeps bouncing back, all those kind of things come together. There's this, there's this kind of shaking. And people are saying, and I believe and I'm praying, God, is this the moment that you'll bring back bring a, an awakening, a revival of some sort? Will people say that actually this world system, the pursuit of money, the pursuit of justice through politics, it's not going to work. Actually, we need Jesus. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah? That's where I'm at. And I'm interested to see what happens. I'm kind of not even interested in people's starting points, but I'm interested to see when they get to the point and say. So when we, when we started the Faith Covenant with Faith Action, and, um, and I met with this atheist uh, uh, counsellor in Birmingham who was really pushing through this, this interaction between faith and, and um, local authority, I said, John, you're not... You're not a person of faith. Why are you doing this? He says, well, we need to mobilise everyone. We have to make 350 million pounds worth of cuts. We need everybody mobilised. We need to see faith. He says, plus, Daniel, there's stuff we're doing in Birmingham we shouldn't be doing. We are running the bins. We are, we're running uh, libraries still. We, we shouldn't be doing some of these things. The state has gone too far. And I said, that's interesting. Just for discussion's sake, how about social services? Do you think social services should be run by the state? Now, I was being provocative, and I'm not saying I've come down one way or the other on that. But I said, the difference is, when I meet with you lot here, I can, I can pick on a difficult person in the congregation, and I can say, guys, sorry, you don't have to love him. You, you don't, sorry, you don't have to like him, you just have to love him. You can't say that to a social worker. You can't say, love this difficult family. <laughs> They're not. They're lovely. Other Jake's lovely. Is lovely Jake says. <laughs> because there is something, if, if we think that the solution is in the world, we're, of course, the world can do some stuff. Yeah? There's justice, different things that the world can be done and, 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 and human things can do. But there is a point where we get to the end of what the world can do. And, and what? Well, and particularly when the world starts running against the godly ways of being, where it legitimises sinful ways of being, then we are in problems in that sense. Right, so normality is broken. When there's a big change um, in anything in society, there's a storm. It's like there's a storm coming. And we can fear a storm, and that's understandable to fear a storm, um, and it looks fairly scary, but it's interesting, I kept on, again, in songs, I kept on hearing these verses. You're riding on the storm. You're with us in the storm. And, and a lot of songs using the same phrase again. And I thought, why, you know, songwriters don't completely make it up. And I suddenly remembered the whole thing about Jesus walking on water. And uh, if you look at that, that story about Jesus walking on the water, it, doesn't, it wasn't a calm day, it said it was, you know, it was a bit rough. So the storm that they, or the, the rough seas that they were in, that would have been a problem for them, holding the boat and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't the, you know, it wasn't the storm, the previous storm. But, but it's interesting that, that God works within that, above that. 
So when we're facing a storm, it's easy, one of the phrase, we're, we're looking at this project at the moment in Lifeline called Lifting the Shutters. And Heidi said to me, she goes, oh, sometimes I feel I want to batter down the hatches, <laughs> not lift the shutters. But actually, it's exactly the right time to lift up. Because, because God's way of doing things is different to our ways of doing things. Interesting, with the first picture there, it's Jesus calming the storm. Again, another lie that was planted by the enemy. When the disciples woke him in the boat, sure they said it was a storm and that kind of thing, but can you remember what phrase they used? Don't you care? That was an interesting leap, wasn't it? Jesus, you're really sleeping very well. But they, they started to judge his motive. Don't you care? I think that was a demonic lie of the enemy that came in there. I mean, he had displayed care, and I think that was part of the thing. It was a deceptive idea that was planted there. Right at the start there. Let's have a look at some of this stuff. Um, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a helper who's always found in times of trouble. Therefore we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and mountains topple into the depths of the seas, though its waters roar and foams and the mountains quake in its turmoil. It goes on about a particular prophetic word about Jerusalem. There's a river, its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the most high God is within her. da 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 Right, and then we jump down, verse 8. Come, see the works of the Lord, sorry, sorry, see the works of the Lord, who brings devastation on the earth. He makes wars cease throughout the earth. He shatters bows and cuts spears to pieces. He sets wagons ablaze. Stop your fighting and know that I am God, exalted among the nations, exalted on the earth. The Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Interesting that verse 8. Come and see the works of the Lord. The starting point for the storm is thankfulness. Recognising what God has done. I just keep coming back to that again and again. First start, thankfulness. Because when we're thankful, we take our minds off of ourselves and we look to what he's done and we start confessing what he's done. And that's important in there. And the song we've been looking at, The uh, the Victory Is Yours, um, let me find the words to that. It says... Uh, Our fight is with weapons unseen. Some commentators say that whole episode about Jesus in the storm, calming the storm, was a demonic storm, as much as it was a physical storm, right? Our fight is with weapons unseen. Your enemies crash to their knees as we rise up in worship. When trials unleash like a flood, the battle belongs to our God as we cry out in worship. The victory is yours, you're riding on the storm. Sounds like a surfer, doesn't it? I was talking to Mike Stevens this week, and he said, I, I'm really not very keen on the, the song with the eagles and the hugging thing. It's not my favourite song, you know. Hold me close, let your arms surround me. It's like an 80s power ballad. But it does talk about soaring up like an eagle. And he was saying to me, and some of you bird people, what do, they, what do you call them? Birders. Ornithologists. I think you can get a cream for that. Um, the, um, apparently, most birds go under and try to escape a storm, but an eagle will actually ride on it. 
ride on the storm. And that's the picture we're giving in the psalm, to ride on the storm. And that's what God does. The storm that hits us, he's riding on it. That, those waves, he's walking on them. It's sinking under them, he's like walking along. This is good stuff. And of course we want to see things how he sees them. We want to be in touch with where he's at. We don't want to be under where we're at. And so that's quite key there. Um, old hymn, God Moves in Mysterious Ways. Here's another great picture. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break with blessing on your head. Whew. I fancy a bit of that. When Joseph went to prison, I don't think he was thinking, any moment now, I will be prime minister. It's not your starting point, is it? And I don't know how these, some of these things work out. I don't know how some of the situations some of us are facing, or a lot of us are facing, will turn round. But I do know that God can do it. Neil and I, we had a dinner together. He was very fortunate to have me cook for him on Sunday night, Friday night. Very nice, good, he's got an approval. And we were discussing evolution and things like that, just because, you know, because that's what you do. And part of the thing that we got to is that, okay, evolution, creation, whatever, we believe that God can do it. And that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, don't, I don't have to understand all the different bits of things to realise that God is all-powerful. And that for me, sometimes when I hit the thing I don't understand, it propels me into faith. I suspect there's a choice there. Because God's gracious, he helps me make the choice. When I don't understand it, that it can, uh, I can see things differently in that sense. Let's have a look at... Uh, let's go back to our... No, we go back there. Let's have a look at um, Psalm 24. So we have this whole thing about the storm. We see our nation is facing a storm. I've talked to people in the congregation. I know individuals and families are facing all kinds of storms and stuff. It's interesting. It happens on every level. Yeah? Every level. You find as parents you hit something and your kids are struggling at school and there's some bullying thing going on and you've got something happening at work. I met with a friend of mine. He said, oh, Daniel, you were troubled by something. I said, yeah, yeah, I was troubled by it. And, he go, and I said, I just feel like I'm assailed from every side. He said, God, that's how I feel. He says, my trustees are giving me a problem um, in his church situation. And my, my kids having some very unsavory company with, with, you know, gangs and different things like that. He's like, on every side. I think that feels like that for a lot of us, yeah? You can wink at me if that's so, if you don't want to wave. But if you feel there's a bit of a storm going on, then wink. Right, okay. <laughs> I should do that more often. I can feel very popular. Um, but there's storms going on, and how we face them, I think, is really important. Because we can batter down the hatches, or we can ride on it, and we can see how God rides on it. And that's why I wanted to give you those Bible verses. In Psalm uh, 24, it's quite interesting. What Julie brought was really interesting. Um, we're just going to zip down to verse 7. It says, Lift up your heads, you gates. Raise up ancient doors. Then the King of Glory will come in. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord strong, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Raise up ancient doors. Then the King of Glory will come in. Who is he? The King of Glory. The Lord of armies. He is the King of Glory. Now, 
Julie brought this particular word at Leaders Weekend. She said she was struggling with some back pain. And she was stretching out and she was looking at this verse and thinking, and she realised to support the head, her spine, she needed to lift her head up so her spine was straightened. And there was a thing that to do that, she had to lift her head up. And part of the thing is that we have to lift our heads up, or, and this is where you have to work with me a little bit, if, if Jesus is the head, it's about lifting him up. Lifting him up to his rightful place. Yeah? And then the spine sorts its way out. And then we see this entry into the gates. So part of our thing is we can be battering down the hatches or we can be looking at what God can do and looking for him to do something in the storm and seeing he rides on the storm. Yeah? He rides on the storm. I want to be connected with that way of thinking. The natural is terrifying. But he rides on the storm, and that is still true in that sense. It's a shame. It's Kir- oh, Kirillin is here. Oh, he didn't go out. Bless. I said to Kirillin, uh, it was a little bit of a surprise I was speaking. I know this is becoming a common occurrence for me. A little surprise a couple of weeks ago. And I said to Kirillin, what shall I speak on? I thought, let's give it a go. And she said, how about that thing about the shepherds? I thought, ooh, that would be good. We'll look at the shepherds. And... Uh, and I've been playing this song, um, which we'll play in a minute, but let's have a quick look at the uh, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I, feel, I fear no danger. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Amen? Amen. All these verses are very good. That's why I put them up for you. you could chew. We need to bathe ourselves in the word of God. Keep on coming back to that. That's why I didn't want to leave any out. This shepherd is a little bit psycho. It's a little bit unusual, right? That whole thing, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I'm seeing sheep, right, because he's a shepherd, and I'm seeing the enemies of sheep. What would you say is the enemy of sheep? Wolves. So I'm seeing table, sheep, meh. Wolves. That's dog, wasn't it? Do you think the sheep are feeling, oh, you know, pass the sauce, Harry. They're a little bit like, I'd rather have a sandwich and run, if you don't mind. But it doesn't say it was a quick McDonald's lunch. I mean, if it did, that would be one heck of a Bible translation. It was saying a feast, yeah, in the presence of my enemies. I would rather have a feast, to be honest with you, I would rather have a feast in the presence of my friends. Has anybody here recently set up a party and said, I'll tell you what, I will have a party and I want my enemies to come? <laughs> you know, if you put your hand up now, some people could be very offended. <laughs> I was at that party. <laughs> right. But a, a feast in the presence of my enemies. But what it doesn't say is, and I sat there shaking and I was worried. It says, you anoint my hot head with oil and my cup overflows. There is something about being able to feast in the presence of enemies and not having fear. 
That's very powerful. I want that. Anyone fancy a bit of that? I would still rather have a feast in the presence of my friends, but if God's going to do something in it, that can be quite something. It's interesting, if we go to Matthew 5, is that on the list? It is on the list. Uh, Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything, but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that you may see your, so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. There's darkness. I think the change, storms and darkness, that's there. It's interesting that nothing, the darkness cannot overcome the light. What does it say? It says, no one covers the light. So the darkness can't cover the light, but we can cover our light. We can say, oh, hang on, that's battered down the hatches. Let me not go out. Let me not do our thing. Oh, actually, I've got this issue I'm facing. I'll just look after me. You do you. I'll do me. I'll batter down. I'll look after myself. I'll just, you know, this, this storm will pass. But yet, Jesus says he's riding on the storm. God's army is a wounded army. It walks and gets fixed up. As it goes along, it's not perfect. Old songs says we're an army of ordinary people. We see some amazing things happen when we shine that light. Let your good work shine before men. Don't stop doing the thing God's given you to do. Don't stop shining the light. Don't stop being salty. To be salty, you have to get yourself into a place where the salt's going to have effect. It's no good being salty in here. You have to be salty out there. We could shine a light in here, we can intensify a light here, but we want to go out there, we want to have effect. So facing the storm, it's interesting to think about the whole picture of a lighthouse. A lighthouse is a strong tower. It's a place of protection. But of course, if a lighthouse doesn't shine a light, it ain't much good. Yeah? You have to shine that light. God is our strong tower, but we've still got to shine our light. So I think that's a very powerful picture. So partly the question I've been looking is what... God, what is it? If there's a storm coming, and I believe there is a storm coming, what do we do? And I think part of the answer is know that I ride on the storm and shine your light. Continue to shine your light. And we may feel, well, I don't feel very, you know, I'm not the brightest light there is. I'm always interested in that whole thing where it says, um, you know, don't try to, if you've got a plank in your eye, don't go and try and remove the speck for someone else's. That bit makes sense. You've got a big old plank in your eye. Don't go fiddling with someone else's eye. The next bit freaks the what's it out of me. It says, first remove the plank so that you might remove the speck. Personally, if you're a planker, I think that disqualifies you from any speck removal. You need to do a time of penance. But that's not what the Bible says. It's not what Jesus said. He said, first remove the plank so you can then remove the speck. My plank was bigger than that speck. And so that whole thing of, well, I'm, you know, I'm not perfect, don't rub, does it? Get rid of your plank, get removed from some specks, shine the light. There's a call and response type thing here, which we see 
in some choirs, certainly in African choir settings. What strikes me is this, as he is pronouncing testimony and they are singing it back. I think, boy, wouldn't that be great if we could do that? If we could come up and pronounce testimony and the whole congregation sings it back. Because what does it say when we give testimony? We say, do it again, Lord. So as he sings that out, they're saying, do it again. Different point. What do I feel our response is? Two things. I was really driving for three, but I couldn't quite get it. Lift up, light up. Lift up his head, lift up our eyes. Put him in his place, put me in mine. He's a shepherd, I'm the sheep. One of the things that was said on Leaders Weekend is that when, when we put God in his place, when we position ourselves right, things that didn't make sense, make sense. Yeah? Things that didn't make sense, make sense. And I've seen that. It's a kind of different kind of sense-making. It's a revelation, I suppose. Peace and understanding come. So that's the lifting up. And light up, be available to light up, to give an account. Like the woman in the pizza hut. She was, she was there making pizza, but she was available to give testimony and to see someone saved. And I think you do good stuff in the small things, and you see the big things happen. We see that happen in the MP.